I will use the situation to not only allow myself to feel, but allow myself to heal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. I am really excited with a heavy heart, (laughs) if that's possible. Uh, I hope that you guys have had such a, a great and productive and grounded and present week. Today's episode is with my dear friend, Henry Amar. And if you listened to the recast, you heard our first ever episode last week. And the reason why I wanted to talk to Henry and you'll hear in the conversation is we've been going through it the last couple of weeks after losing our our baby Shih Tzu, our Chucky, and we have been, you know, navigating the tides of change and the tides of grief and pain and loss. You know, loss is an inevitable part of life. It's we all have to go through. And as some of you may or may not know, Henry Amar is the founder and CEO of makeithappen.life. He delivers inspiring content. He shares empowering experiences to help people he he's a coach. He is probably one of the most grounded, heart-centered individuals that I know. He hosts his own podcast called Making It Happen, and he provides real-world insights aimed at creating an empowered life. And he is one of my dearest and closest friends, and I couldn't think of a better person to hold my hand as I go through this grieving process than him. Uh, You know, in this episode, he's going to talk about his own grief, his own loss, and he discusses how our emotions often get swept under the rug, and he encourages us to embrace uncomfortable feelings. He teaches us how to listen close and how our emotions carry valuable wisdom and guidance. And if we open ourselves up and if we allow ourselves to feel the fullness of emotion, then we can heal through them. And so this is a conversation that I am excited to share with you all, again, with a heavy heart. So I do want to add a trigger warning for those of you that may be in a place where you're not ready to go into those places or listening to two people very openly discuss the multifaceted experience of pain and grief. Maybe this episode is not for you today, and that's okay. 
Um, those of you that are wanting to come with us on this journey, I just ask for you to remain open and to listen wholeheartedly. And I'm just so grateful that you all are here and we can't wait to to hear what you thought of the show. And if there's anybody out there who is needing some resources, please check the show notes of this episode. There are some links that we added for those of you who are needing some extra support. Before we get into the episode with Henry today, here's a few messages from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Seed. You are a super organism, my friend. There's an ecosystem of 38 trillion microbes living in and on your body. They work symbiotically with your human cells. Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic is formulated to nurture your unseen and inner world. So I'm a big fan of eating drying foods like dried fruit, dried vegetables, lots of banana chips. And if any of you are familiar with Ayurveda, you know that drying food isn't really good for your digestive system. Now, I've taken probiotics before, but not like this one. So here's what I've learned so far. Not all probiotics are created equal. Seed created a broad spectrum two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic. This proprietary formula of 24 distinct probiotic strains is scientifically studied dosages. I was surprised to learn that many probiotics can't even survive the trip to your gut. Bacteria are sensitive to heat, oxygen, light, and moisture. To keep their probiotic bacteria safe and viable on their long journey through digestive acids, bile salts, and enzymes, Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic is nested in a capsule-in-a-capsule delivery technology to ensure precision entry through the small intestines to your colon. So basically just think, easier poops. Yep, I said it, easier poops. Tell me who doesn't enjoy an easier poop. I do. Start your healthy habit today. Visit seed.com forward slash loved and use code loved to redeem 20% off your first month of Seeds Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com forward slash L-O-V-E-D and use code LOVED. Your gut will thank you for it. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. And back in the day when I used to travel for work and get on an airplane, I lived off of Organifi green juice. It was such a great way for me to get all of the essential superfoods that I needed to help reduce stress and reset my body. There are endless benefits to the Organifi green juice. One of the reasons why I loved taking it on the airplane is because it helped support my stress response. It helps decrease cortisol and, you know, it's organic and it helps reduce food cravings and it tastes just like plain water. You don't need to put it in a blender, which is why it was so convenient to travel with. It supported my system so well that I still take it to this day. One of the key ingredients is Moringa. Moringa has been an important part of Ayurvedic medicine for over 4,000 years. It was nicknamed the miracle plant for its ability to nourish and fight disease. It's loaded with vitamins, minerals, and all the essential amino acids and antioxidants that your body needs. It's nature's most perfect multivitamin. It's also detoxifying, anti-inflammatory, it's hormone balancing, antioxidant supports your digestion. It basically puts all of your, everything you would put in a green smoothie in your cup in like 30 seconds. And for a special offer, you can head over to Organifi.com forward slash loved to get 15% off of your first order. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash loved. That's L-O-V-E-D. 
and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Thank you, Organifi, for sponsoring Radically Loved. We all know that taking trips to the post office is not how we want to spend our summer. I've talked about it at length here, but over the course of the pandemic, I wanted to take some time to be more mindful and spend less time on my devices. And so I reverted to writing letters again and actually sending birthday cards as opposed to sending birthday text messages. I even decided to start pen palling with one of my old friends who moved away. I get so excited when the mailman comes to drop off the mail because I'm waiting to see if my girlfriend responded. There's something really nice that happens when you actually have to wait to receive a package. I'm able to respond right away by using stamps.com. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and the UPS right to your computer. It's also a must-have for any business. I know that Tori uses it for Red Monkey, and I know several businesses that have giant warehouses that send thousands of packages a day, and Stamps.com is able to handle it with ease. So simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop off, and it's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with my promo code LOVED, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There's no long-term commitment or contracts. Simply go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in LOVED. That's L-O-V-E-D. Stamps.com, promo code LOVED. When you use stamps.com, you never have to go to the post office again. Everybody, welcome back to Radically Loved. And I have a very special MVP guest today. I, this man needs no introduction. Henry Amar, welcome back <laughs> Thank to, the, you. to your most frequented podcast realm. My favorite. I love, I love it. <laughs> Rosie's the kind of, so Rosie, if you haven't heard this before, Rosie is the reason I launched my podcast. Rosie is like that little angel on your shoulder that says, Hey, I think you should do this. And then you follow it. And it's really, really good. So taking Rosie's advice, Rosie's advice has blessed my life. Oh, Thank Henry. You. you know, it's interesting because I feel the same way about you and we always have a love fest. And actually, yeah. you know, your this are the conversation that we had on the Radically Loved Summit, which just so you know, if you go to Radically Loved Summit, you can still access for free. Um, <laughs> and Henry was one of the most talked about conversations people really enjoyed it and um i think people really enjoy listening to two people that really respect each other yeah. and love each other and i think i i do i know that i love to hear conversations when two people are having a really heart-centered experience together and for me that's always the case with you so thank you so much for being here thank you thank you um it is a very special podcast this week because I I did talk about this a little bit last week and those of you that know or get my newsletter um, we suffered a very tragic loss uh, over the last couple of weeks we um, we lost our our baby Shih Tzu uh, Chucky 
who was only five months old uh, in a very terrible, terrible, uh, tragic accident. And I have been trying to figure out ways to talk about grief. Um, and it, it's so interesting because I started recording a solo podcast last week and it just, it just didn't feel right. I, I don't know if, I mean, I'm for sure I'm still processing and this is something that I want to talk to you about. We'll talk about the stages of grief and I want to talk about your experience with grief because you and I briefly chatted, but I really wanted to have this conversation on the podcast. So you and I actually haven't talked since that happened. And I just, I think because I do share everything here with everybody, all of you listeners in my community, I, I thought that it was important for me to have this conversation so that everybody could hear it. So here we are. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to be on such a special, vulnerable episode. You know, I am honored to hopefully be that safe space for you to like be able to share comfortably. And I think grief is that like it takes a sacred, safe place to be able to share because it's so vulnerable and so many emotions are involved in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what's really interesting is the fact that the way it happened and And I'm sure it feels like this for anybody listening to this that's ever experienced a tragic loss, an unexpected loss, even when it's expected, it sucks, right? right? I mean, this is, there's no real way around it. It's Mm -hmm. awful. It feels like the wind is knocked out of you. You feel lost. You feel like it's never going to end. And for me, whether you are a a pet parent or you have somebody in human form to me life is life yep and tori and i don't have children and i've i've talked at length and i've written at length about our struggle to have kids so our dogs are our children they are such a vital part to our lives and to our hearts. And so experiencing this loss on the heels of losing Chewy, my Shih Tzu, who passed away last November, my heart is still broken from, from my heart still mending, not broken. My heart's still mending from the loss of Chewy. You know, Chewy was my boy for many years. He was my guru. He helped me through a very, very hard time and he was my best friend you know we had moved to portland and it was a big change and tori and i were having trouble in our relationship and i didn't think that would survive and now i'm living in a new city and i I don't have any friends and it just felt very lonely and he was Mm -hmm. my saving grace yeah and you know chewy he was your best bud you know like he it's so awesome. <laughs> recording a podcast episode at your house and Chewie just hangs out, jumps up on the thing, hangs out, looks at you while you're talking, like he's a part of the conversation and <laughs> so much love, so much love. Yeah. I started, the, the first thing that I started to think about, and this might be true for everybody else, and this was actually one of my main questions to you because, I, and I'd love for you to share your experience with a big loss. Yeah. Um, all I wanted 
was to find somebody who had experienced the same thing that I had because I wanted to know if I was going to survive it. Right. You know? And so I started to think of all my friends. I started to think about you. I started to think about other friends of mine that have gone through pretty severe loss. Um, and even just thinking about you guys, it made me feel better. It almost gave me that internal strength that I needed to say, this will get better. Yeah. At some point, even though I had those moments where I'm asking, why? Why did this happen? Why would the universe do this to me? Why would the universe do this to anybody? This is just awful. You know, you're asking all the questions and it was just a huge relief for me to have people in my life that were had experienced it yeah. because it, it almost gives you the light at the end of the tunnel where you understand, oh, okay, this will at some point get better, even though I feel like I'm drowning right now. Yeah. So that being yeah. said, if you don't mind uh, Henry sharing why I would say that and why you, I, I know that you can definitely relate to, to loss. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open on your podcast. I know that like, you know, it's easy sometimes to just, especially with things like this, to isolate when we feel such strong emotions, like to go and isolate. And you're right, when you're going through something, your mind always feels like what you're going through is going to last forever, forever. sometimes. And you're like, this is, this is just going to happen like forever. And everything always feels like forever. When you're happy, sometimes it even feels like it's forever. And then life is, you know, they say life is up and down. And that's like your heartbeat, right? Um, for me, definitely definitely experienced loss in so many ways. Loss was the catalyst to my personal development journey when I was a late teenager, because my grandmother, who was like my mother, you know, my second mother, I looked like her. I was the only one in my family with like blue eyes and blonde hair. Everyone else is like dark skin and dark eyes. They used to call me the man's kid and I would cry. I'd be like, no, I'm not. Oh, no. But, like, but my grandmother had, you know, the same eyes. She lived with us. And it was interesting because that made me start to think about life differently. You know, it's interesting that death has a way to make you look at life differently. I was like, wait a minute, like that's real. And that happens. Cause just like you think that's going to last for a long time. Sometimes it's easy to live as if like, Oh, this is life and this is going to last forever. And it's, it, people don't like to think about it, but I was like, that reality made me a question. Oh my gosh, what's the reality? What am I doing with my life? Where am I going? And I just got in the personal development space. I was like, I don't want to live my life because I was super insecure at the time. And I was super passive. I, I, was, I was a people pleaser in so many ways. And I was like, I don't want to live my life caged like this. Mm. That one day when it's my time, what am I going to say? Like I lived pleasing everybody or did I live like honoring my purpose? And that started me on my journey. And it's interesting because at the same time period, and this is might be really like, this is just facts. So in 1993, they gave my dad 20 years to live. I mean, sorry, six months to live. And my dad told him, no way, you know, I'm not going to do that. And my father ended up passing away 20 years later, but his health wasn't always really, really good. And so after I lost my grandmother, my father's health was so bad that like my sister and I still talk about at night, we would go in and open the door to see if you're still breathing, like on a regular basis. And that's not something like you want to do when you're younger. Right. And it's not like the best feeling in the world. And then so in, you know, we ended up, my father ended up passing away. And then in 2016, and you guys, I, I share this story because, uh, you know, I, I think the principles and lessons we learn through these stories become our hero's journey. And that's why I think Rosie's like, hey, I can probably call Henry because Henry's walked 
this path many, many times. And in 2016, 2015, my mother, who was like my best, best, best friend, um, was diagnosed with cancer. And I, I had learned from my grandmother's passing and my father's passing. So the third time around, you're like, okay, how am I going to deal with this in a healthy way? And, um, you know, and I could, I could share that story in depth if you want now and lessons I learned, or I could share it later, but it was a journey. It was a really, really big journey. And I remember being in the hospital with my mom, and this is a really big life lesson for me and hopefully everybody listening. When my father passed away, you know, my sister had a really rough time. She spiraled downward and that's, you know, she healed through sound healing and, and breath work. And that's how, that's why she teaches it now. Cause I think when you go through something and you overcome it, you become the, the, it turns into wisdom that you can help other people, right? My sister used sound healing. You used yoga in your life and things like that. And I remember being in the hospital, my sister pulls up and she didn't know what was really happening. And I, my sister, I pulled into the office and said, listen, um, this is what the doctor said. And I said, we have to make a decision right now. We have to decide in advance how we're going to show up for mom. She said, what do you mean? I said, listen, we cannot control what we can't control, but let's do the best we can to control what we can. And that's us how we show up, what we do, you know, the love we walk through and the death, the store, the meaning we give this whole scenario. Mm. And it embarked us on a year and a half journey in my mother's battle. And even to the point when, um, when I was holding my mother, when she passed away, when I was holding her hand, the decision I made at that moment changed my life forever. And the, the, the spiritual experience I had, and I'm glad to share it later, but you know, that was my journey in a very real sense. Um, you know, and, and years later, I remember telling Rosie when I got my first TED talk or when I walked off stage in Serbia in front of like this epic um, milestone in my life where I spoke to the first time in front of 30 something thousand people. And the first person I picked up the phone to call was my mother. And I couldn't. And it was like, whoa, like, shoot, like life is just different mm -hmm. when you when something feel that was there for so long just isn't. And there are ways that help us work through them and love ourselves through them. And I'm, I'm excited to share at least my perspective and what I've learned in conversation, but that's, those are real things. And if you're, if you're listening to this and Rosie for you too, like, you know, it's a real thing and it's not something someone could just say, well, get over it. They're just, there's a better life afterwards. Like, even if you believe that there's a grieving process and it's yes. important to grieve, you know? Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the, I think one of the hardest things and you know Tori and I have been together for 18 years we've we've suffered loss people close to us people we know Tori's grandparents I mean we've we've definitely my grandparents my both my mom's parents like we've gone through losing people we've gone through losing pets you know um it was wow just such an out-of-body experience to be in a situation where you just want to i've never wanted to rewind time so bad you know because you're thinking had i not done this or had had i just you know stayed home had i done you know whatever the the facts of what happened you know however in your mind you can try and logic your way right make yourself feel worse really i didn't care about anything in that moment and this is the part where i really want you to speak to because in that moment you're right it's such an out-of-body experience it it just is traumatic and it just feels awful and you feel like nothing matters 
and all you want to do is rewind the clock and you go through the stages of grief you're in denial you can't believe what happened you're trying to figure out who to blame you're trying to not be angry and all of the things that happen and i just sat and i just i wrote and that's all i did and and i ended up sending my manuscript two days after it was due but sort of reeling from this experience just made me question so much of what i have learned so much of what i've practiced so much of what i've been through in my life it was almost like you can look at it through two different lenses and depending on how you feel it's one or the other because for me it's not been just a straight line i mean i i would love to stand here at my pulpit and tell everybody that i just i went into my faith and i just you know committed and i was like you know hopefully you know god's grace will power me through i was angry mm -hmm. so angry and i didn't understand why this happened how could this happen why would this happen i don't understand what the lesson here is what kind of lesson is right. this you know you just kind of go into that place and for me like man i can i can live there mm -hmm. you know i can really set up camp there right. and in fact that was a big catalyst for me getting into trouble from where you recall i mean getting into trouble with the law and doing all the things that i was doing and i'd never ever with all the loss and all the stuff that's gone wrong in my life, I'd never went back to that familiar place of, wow, I'm this angry. Yeah. Like, the, like, where's this coming from? Who am I? Who am, who is this person that's really behaving this way? Who's mm -hmm. thinking this way? And then, you know, of course I, time would pass and I would continue to just do what I do and give myself the time to heal and, lay around in bed and cry and do my practice and cry and give myself the opportunity to grieve mm -hmm. and give myself the space that I needed. So in saying that, that's been the totality of the intensity of the experience. And one of the questions that I, I wanted to ask you, and again, I wanted to wait to have this conversation here, um, is did you go through those same i know and to me henry you were like the most like committed to your beliefs person i mean you are like in my mind i'm like okay what would henry do you know some people think like what would jesus do i think what would henry do because i think how would henry react to this situation what would he say what would he do and it's easy for me to tell other people like, yeah, you just got to ground. You got to have faith. You got to breathe your grief into the ground and, yeah. and do all of those things. And for me in that space, it's really hard, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a million percent, a million percent. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and I, I, there's, there's magic and I use the word magic, but there's, there's healing and having a safe place to share and not isolating it's a healing place to have safe connection and to say, hey, this is what I'm really feeling. And you create an intention to feel it with a sense of love and compassion and 
you almost need to feel it to heal it, right? Because we can suppress our emotions, we can bottle them away. And uh, most people listening are probably really hypersensitive. So because we feel so much, it's easy to like to say, I, it's a lot, it's really a lot to feel. That's why I think first and foremost, thank you for reaching out. And anybody listening, like co-regulation is a real thing. Like regulating our emotions and it's not hiding it. It's not ignoring it. It's not allowing it to take over. It's lovingly looking at it with an intention as if, you know, it is a child crying out for help and you embrace with compassion and love. And, and to me, Rosie, I love that you are aware of it because all of us respond differently. And one thing that you said that I love that you, you hit on is when we experience a trauma, it's not only that trauma we're feeling, it's the other traumas in our past that come up and compound. And when, you know, when we react, we're not just reacting to this moment, we're reacting to the past as well. And so all the loss, all the grief, all the stuff that we haven't dealt with or hasn't been healed yet, just has a, a way of compounding and coming up even more. And sometimes it's easy to just block it out or say, I'm going to numb myself with TV. And I'm not saying those aren't ways you can actually like you know help yourself with different things but I think pure loving intention and looking at where you are and tr knowing that feeling is part of the healing and then listening to your emotions and then to me Rosie one thing I love that you did as well is you asked yourself what do I really need I don't think you you stated that verbally but it seems like as you say you know with what you said to me is what do I really need you needed the run what do I really need that's a question of you know, I love this, this, this story from Mastin Kip. And he says, there's three mothers, you know, at a grocery store and their kids are screaming, going crazy. And the first mother just screams back at the kid. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. The second mother just ignores it. And is like, da, 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 da. and then the third mother goes down. eye level with the child and says, what do you really need? right now, what is it that you need and embraces it? He says, which one do you think is most effective? You know, and, and I think in life, as we feel strong emotions, everybody responds differently. Some people go to fight mode, mm -hmm. right? The fight response and the fight, yes. flight, freeze. Some people go to flight. And then if that doesn't work out, they go to freeze and they just kind of immobilize and feel like they're stuck. And the interesting thing is one of the best ways to to get through that. So I, I'm, it's funny to hear it, right? Like literally right next to me, I'm rereading this book, The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yes. I have and, it here too. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's a great book if you haven't read it. And in it, he talks about the polyvagal theory where he says, when something happens first, you look for safe connection. And if there's no safe connection, you go to fight, flight, or freeze, eat, and you still might go there. And then if that doesn't work, you end up, I mean, sorry, fight or flight. And if that doesn't work, you go to freeze and you almost feel immobilized. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're going through grief, you know, sometimes you're angry. Sometimes you just want to avoid and run away from things. Like I know um, my, my sister at one point, she says it, she, her bill stacked up. She went into her house. She didn't go out until she felt safe enough to walk through those emotions mm. and going to freeze to getting angry, allowing herself to be angry, but in a loving space. And then going through the healing modalities to say, okay, what do I really need to, to heal this? What, what, what is the meaning I can give this? What can I do in the best possible way? And I love that you first allow yourself to feel with an intention to be lovingly compassionate. And um, 
you know, because I think you need that love, loving part of ourselves, the higher part of ourselves to, to, in a sense, hold hands with that part of ourselves that's angry and nurture the child that's screaming within us because it's a valid feeling, you know? Yes. And then secondly, you know, asking ourselves, what do I really need at this moment? And, um, you know, having experienced it in so many ways, and I don't know if I ever told you this, but there was one point in my, in my journey of life while my mom was battling cancer that the doctor was concerned that I had uh, um, a, a cancer that would only, would only give me six months to live. And, and they wouldn't tell me over the phone. And so I was working in Santa Monica at the time. And the, the lady calls me, she's like, Henry, I need you to come to the office. So she goes, I want you to make an appointment. We need to see you as soon as possible. And mind you, they're booked out three months in advance, right? Like I can't get an appointment. I was like, well, when, when do you have an appointment? They're like, well, we're available as soon as possible. You want to come in? And I'm like, they, we have your results. We just want to talk to you about it. I'm like, you can't tell me now. They're like, no, no. So on my drive, I'm like, what are they going to tell me? Yeah. You know, life, it's interesting. And, and this is, this is, uh, you know, the untethered soul. It's funny. I had the book open to the chapter. I have all these books, the untethered soul, you know, <laughs> there's a chapter in it called contemplating death. And in that chapter, he says, well, death has a way of giving life meaning, you know, and, and when we understand it, like we're afraid of losing time and losing life and losing the things that we want in our own life. And if you really think about it, there's a, there's a stoic um, phrase that says, we're afraid of death, but every minute that's passed is already death. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm diverting a little bit. And I guess my, my point is the meaning that death has given my life has shifted my life. And I had to allow myself to go through the motions. I would drive for an hour listening to James Bay, let it go, don't ask me why, crying and then coming back and saying, okay, like I'm allowing myself to feel and I'm listening to what I need. And I, I'm not gonna become enslaved by my emotions or let my emotions dictate me, I'm gonna let them counsel me, mm. you know? And I think there's beauty in allowing our emotions becoming friends with them instead of getting upset that they're there because we're emotional beings, you know? And so I love, love that you, you were so lovingly aware of yourself and you're like, you know, I haven't experienced this in a long time and you were, you were mindful, even though it was tough and you were honest with yourself, you know, cause I always tell myself, this phrase came out of my mouth the other day and I was like, Sometimes we tell ourselves enough truth to be uncomfortable, but not enough truth to heal. Mm. And I love that you're allowing yourself just to fully be bare, you know, and, and, um, and I remember, yeah, I mean, and just looking at the real things and I, it, applying the principles, I'm sure we'll talk about it in my life that have helped me tremendously. It doesn't mean I don't miss my mother. It doesn't mean I don't miss like on mother's day, like, um, you know, I heard the, the singing a song for mom and I remember singing for her and tears came to my eyes and I miss her. Um, I've, I, I've learned to heal that part of myself and I've learned to give it new meaning to, to really move me forward with purpose. Mm. You know, that has given me more purpose in my life. So um, that's my initial thought. So I want to pass it to you because yeah, I no, I mean, everything that you're saying, like I said, and everybody listening. Um, you can tell now why I thought about Henry as I was going through this really difficult time because all of those things make sense. And 
all you want when you feel bad is to feel better. And what I found really interesting during my inquiry time, because I have even through that, like I did not stop doing my practice. I would still get up and sit and do my meditation and crying because obviously I'm upset, but just allowing whatever was present there. And one of the things that kept coming to mind was how I think about the most beautiful and joyful moments Mm. and how we don't ever want them to end. Yeah. But the minute that we feel the pain of loss and grief, we want to hit the fast forward button. Mm. We want it to go quickly. We want to no longer feel the pain. And I believe that that is why we numb, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think for me specifically, because I don't, tend to go towards numbing things that I can put in my body even though in those moments I'm like man I really wish I (laughs) I would drink you know or whatever and I don't and but I could definitely see how somebody who would be apt to wanting to numb how easy it is when you're feeling in pain so I have so much empathy and compassion for people who struggle with addiction because I I can absolutely relate to the easeability of wanting to numb something that feels yeah. so uncomfortable. For me, it's it's watching television. That is my numbing mechanism. I could sit in front like it's my job for mm-hmm. hours and I could literally zone out. I can go in and just disappear in that. And it's funny because I've learned myself well enough now that in order for me to stop the cycle, I have to give myself a limit. I have to say, okay, how many days do you want to do this? And I might say, I don't know, as long as it takes. I have to go into that bargaining with myself. I know it sounds weird, but that's, I'm, I'm hoping that you can relate to this on some level. So I have to give myself a limit to how long I'm gonna do it. And if I wanna go into another round of endless television, fine. But what I found is anytime I do something that's going to take me away from what I'm feeling, it only elongates the process of healing. Yep. Ooh. You know. Yes, that was good. So yeah. w- one of the things that I, I would love to hear from you, or if you don't mind sharing, like I said, I, I thought about you in this process, and I, I'm really familiar with the stages of grief. I've talked about them before. I've done workshops on them. I used to teach meditation at, at a hospice, when I was when I was living in Oregon and um, I what I believe for myself is that they don't go in order but I believe the five stages of grief are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance and in my experience they don't go in order I may go my initial is always anger that is my default state Uh, I go to anger and then I might go into bargaining. I might go into denial. I may go into a depressive state. I may go into acceptance and then a second later go back into denial. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of this process of I feel good and then I think about something and then I don't feel good. So what are some ways that you've been able to ride the tides of that emotional spectrum and I know that time is kind. I know that time 
assists us in feeling better. But I'm curious for you. I mean, you just mentioned now that you think you hear a song and you still miss your mom. And I don't think that that'll ever go away. Um, yeah, I'm just curious what your what your process has been and, and if there's yeah. anything that you can lend us to rent from you so that we can use it for ourselves. Oh, no, thank you. I, you know, there's three things that I think can help us go through this journey, whatever that, that order comes for you. And I'm going to tell you what I think. And then I'm going to tell you a story that happened that I think really, really pivoted and shifted my life. First, I think you need a real support system and you need to let them know how to support you. Because sometimes we have a support system and they're like, it's okay, you're going to see her again. And you're like, that's not what I need. I just need to be seen and heard right now. Can you just like hold me or can you just like look me in the eyes and listen to me? And then afterwards, you can even tell them, then I want you to tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah. Then I want you to give me hope, you know, but right now I just need you to like hold the trash can for me and let me just dump out. How <laughs> I feel. Let me just cry to you. Let me just yeah. uh, having a safe place to connect and be seen and, you know, there are hotlines if you don't feel like you have anybody in your life. And if you do, we'll, we'll add some of those in the info button of this podcast, just so you guys know. Amazing. Amazing. And if you do have people, it helps if you, you know, you say, I'm walking this journey. I would love to just spend 10 minutes in the morning with you, whatever you need, the more specific you can tell people, because not everybody reads minds and nobody's an expert. Nobody knows how to deal with it. Maybe you're helping somebody with grief or maybe somebody's helping you. It's always good to say, Hey, what's really going to help you? What do you need? And sometimes they say, I don't know. And sometimes they just need to know they're not alone or you're not alone. So number one is get a support system, get a really loving support system. And I think, you know, please, please do not isolate. And if you need time to grieve on your own, trust me, I'm a big extrovert, but even this week I was like, guys, I was, it's white and there are so many things that happened in my life. And I was like, I need it. Henry needs to introvert. And yesterday I sat on that couch and I played my music, my spirit playlist on Spotify and I introverted and it was beautiful and it was what I needed. And I knew that's what I needed. And at the same time, please, number two, be lovingly honest with yourself. And I say lovingly honest because a lot of times it's easy to beat ourselves up with truth. I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you did that. But one of my favorite quotes of all time is the serenity prayer. Mm. God grant me the serenity, the peace to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I cannot, I couldn't change what happens with my mother, but I wanted to make a real decision. I didn't want to lose. I wanted to maintain being the chooser of my life and not becoming reactive, but I want to be more proactive in a compassionate, kind way, not get over it, Henry, or stay in it, Henry. It's like, okay, let me walk you through whatever steps you need to walk through. So, you know, number two is, is just know the difference and allow yourself to feel, to heal. And also remember your emotions aren't dictators, they're guideposts, they're guidance counselors, right? And I'll tell you this story and, and this illustrates it. To in the beginning and the end, I told my sister, I said, listen, we cannot control what's happening with mom, but we can control how we show up for her. And I said, so it's going to be hard. Let's go deal what we need to deal with. Let's support each other. But when we're with her, let's show her so much love that no matter what happens, we, we can step forward into the best we could. And Rosie, when my mother passed away, I was holding her hand. 
and I had a very sacred experience. It was really, really interesting. And I'll share it here. And this was my experience. It didn't happen with my father, didn't happen with my grandmother, but um, the doctor told my mother she had 10 days to live. And I had this really weird feeling. I was driving and I felt like I heard my mom's voice say, I'm going tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, what? And I called my sister. I was like, I think I was going to pass tomorrow. So like, my sister's like, no, no, no. They said 10 days. That night, um, my mother started breathing. I, I'm not going to get into it really weird. And I'm holding her hand and I just say a prayer. And I'm like, God, please don't let her suffer. Like whatever happens. I, and then I hear my mom's voice say, I'm not suffering anymore. I'm not in my body. And then within a minute, she stopped breathing. And it was the most interesting experience for me. And I'm sitting here and people are freaking out in the room and I'm sitting here looking at the situation. And this is the thought that came to my mind, Rosie. And this is so interesting that this thought came to my mind. And I said, Henry, you have two choices to make. And I said, yes, my mother was 70 pounds. It was hard. She was my hero. She was my savior when I was growing up during like really difficult times. My father would be really upset in the house and throw things. She would just step in front. Like she was it. We were a team. Right. And, and I was like, you can be really bitter and you could stay that way for the rest of your life and, and just, you know, let it and run away from this and, and, or get angry or whatever. And I said, or you could choose to honor her life with how you live yours. And I looked at my mom and I said, mom, I said, I will honor your life with how I live my life. And it gave, it was a different meaning that I gave it. And I couldn't control the situation. You know, I couldn't as much as like, trust me, if I had a magic wand and I could, um, but I knew the only thing I could control is the, the meaning I'm giving my life going forward. And I said, Henry, you're going to go through this anyway. So let's go through it in a healthy way. And you do whatever you need to do to go through this in a healthy way, because that's the best way you can honor her, you know? And so I, like I said, I surrounded myself with that and I gave myself a strong why, a strong reason to go forward and a strong reason to live and a strong reason to honor and a strong reason to do that. And I think sometimes we need to give meaning to something because I could have given it any meaning. And there's this analogy that I, that I heard, and it was really weird that this analogy came up to be honest, but it did. And it's the analogy of there's, it's the carrot, the egg and the tea bag. And, you know, they say there's three pots of boiling water and the first pot, you put an egg, the second pot, you put a carrot, the third pot, you put a tea bag. And after 10 minutes, you pick up the egg and what happens to it? It's hard, right? The second you pick up the carrot and what happens after 10 minutes in the hot water, it's soft, it melts. And the third one, you pick up the tea bag and the, the, you know, the, the bag's best characteristics come out from it and, and everything happens from it. And it takes that boiling water and it allows it, even though it's burning and whatever it is, it allows it to extract things from it. And I said, I didn't want to be hardened for the rest of my life. I didn't want to, I didn't want to also be, be softened to the point where I hid and I just melted and I hid away. I wanted to say, okay, I, I'm going to, and this, look, I'm not saying this is easy and this is, this might, it's not toxic positivity because you have to feel, you have to go through it. I want you to, like, I had to deal with the trauma that was brought up from that situation from my past and I did the work for it. Like for sure do the work for it. And one of the things I said is I will use the situation to not only allow myself to feel, but allow myself to heal. 
you know, and, and so that journey consisted of a support system, a why, understanding what I couldn't control, and then going through the process of healing. What is the healthiest way for me to heal? And part of that was going to seminars and going to getting a coach, you know, getting the, the, the counseling that I needed and having conversations with real friends like this and saying, and ones that I said, hey, I don't need your advice right now. I just need you to hear me for a second. And then afterwards, maybe 15 minutes later, maybe tomorrow, but can you just hear me out for a second? Let me think through this. And, you know, cause I think it, it, me st- sharing it is hard for other people to hear sometimes. And they, they, yeah. they don't, they feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, so that being said, I, you know, those are the things in a, in a nutshell that helped me and have really given more meaning to my life and allowed me to be more compassionate on myself and on other people mm. because compassion is key self-love and love is the is there's no healing without it you know and um and trust me like and i had to tell myself henry do not build a wall do not build a wall to love do not build a wall to love henry do not build a wall to love you have yes you can build boundaries but you i i would it was a whole phrase i said i would much rather experience love in my life and lose it, then, then isolate my heart from, from experiencing these moments again mm. and creating magic moments in my life. So instead of building a wall, I committed to making magic moments more regularly. And you guys, I, I know it's real. Like if you're dealing with it right now, you're like, well, I'm, I can't think of magic moments. Well, don't, you don't need to just honor what you need right now. And also sometimes when you're in it, you feel like I'm never going to have those moments again in my life you need to know that you will and it's not dishonoring those who have passed it may be honoring them instead that my friends is radical love wow that's so beautiful henry oh, i got so emotional when you were saying that because it's so easy to experience heartbreak and try and go build a wall around it so that you don't ever have to experience it ever again yeah. um, Wow, that's so, so profound. Thank you so much for sharing that and for being open and sharing it here. One of the things that I really loved that you said, I mean, you said so so many things that I loved, but the whole idea of supporting each other and telling your person, your supportive person, how to show up for you and what you need, I think it's it's really key because you don't want somebody to placate your emotions and say, it's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Or maybe it is what you want to hear. I think that for the most part, it's important for us to inquire within and really understand ourselves to discern what we need in that moment and what will allow us to navigate hour by hour, minute by minute, even Mm -hmm. if you need what I need right now at this time i may not need in an hour i may need something else and i and that's okay we don't have to be rigid right we have to be fluid we have to be like water water can adjust to any situation we have to be able to be open and to move fluidly and i i want to honor what henry said about how he had to very intentionally tell himself not to close himself off from love because of fear 
And I will tell all of you here, when you're upset and you're questioning why and you feel that things are unfair and you feel like why my person, why my mother, why my grandmother, why my father, my brother, my cousin or my friend or my pet it's an opportunity for us to move through that pain and move through that grief and continue to be open to receiving the love from that exists now everywhere one of my um uh i guess i could say counselors that has been helping me during this time she said something very beautiful to me and she said you know her her father had just passed away and she dreamt about him and she was talking about this really beautiful dream and how painful it was for her to see him suffer and see him go through an illness and she said when she saw him in the dream that he said do you want to know what's beyond what's beyond the veil do you want to know what's beyond this life what separates us from that space and he said to her our flesh that is the only thing and she carried on to say that our love is eternal the the pain although it may come and go because of the attachment we have to the love that we experience innately that is our brain chemistry we're always going to be attached to things i mean the buddhists say that is why we suffer because we are attached and it's true but the fact that the pain will calm and it may not be as intense all the time But the idea that that love is eternal, that love is ever present everywhere. You can think about your parents, your grandmother, and feel their love. I can think about playing with my animals and feeling their unconditional love. I can think about the people in my life that are no longer here, that I feel their love. And to me, that is where we can become closed off by doing what you said by closing ourselves off we might not then feel the love we might not feel their presence because we're too stuck in feeling their loss Mm -hmm. we're too stuck in feeling and i'm not saying by no means am i saying that i think our process is our process like i said one day i might wake up and just feel the glory of unconditional love and and the radical love from god from the universe and i just feel like the flowers are so fragrant and the birds are singing and it just feels so symbiotic and life is just beautiful and another day i can wake up and feel like what is the point why are we here what does all of this mean why did this happen why do bad things happen to good people you know and the beauty of all of that is is that we we don't know but what we do know is is how we show up going back to what you said you made a choice you knew that you and your sister had a choice you can make the choice how you were going to show up and and i think it takes time to be able to get into that empowered state and so i want us 
even in this conversation, obviously you can hear that Henry and I have not talked since this happened and we're obviously having this very open, honest conversation, but I want to invite everybody that's listening to this that has experienced loss. Loss is loss, pain is pain. Regardless of how it happened, you're feeling it and we want to validate and we want to honor that. We also want you to know that wherever you are on that emotional spectrum is okay. And it's going to look different because we're all different. We're all going to grieve differently. But I think that the most important thing and my biggest takeaway, especially from what Henry has said to me and I think will stick with me for ever, is what he said about not closing himself off to love. Not closing, being intentional and mindful about not closing his heart. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is sometimes the biggest obstacle that we have to move through when going through loss. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's interesting when you said why good things. I think the supreme ethic of life is love. You know, it's who we're becoming. It's who we want to be. It's who we are, right? But peeling the layers off and, and stepping into that love for ourselves, love for others. And I think I didn't want the death of those I love become the death of the love inside of me and the death of who I am. You know, and I think it's important to give death has a way of reminding us that life is important. Yes. Right. And and so it's funny, I literally had this book open before here. I was like, you know, I was like, I wanted to go back to the book that one of the books that I read, because someone's like, you should read chapter 17 of the untethered soul. And it's interesting because um, it says you fear death because you crave life. You fear death because, you, you know, you think there's something to get that you haven't experienced yet. Many people feel that death takes something away from them. The wise person feels that death, the wise person realizes that death is constantly giving them something. Death is giving them meaning. Death is giving meaning to your life. And you're either the one who throws, throws away your life with wasting every second of it. You get your car, you drive from here to there. You don't really see anything. You're not even there. You're busy thinking about what you're going to do next. You're a month ahead of yourself. Death actually helps you get your life back by making you pay attention to the moment. It makes you say, my God, at least I'm, I might, I'm going to lose this. I may lose my children. This could be the last time I see them, whatever. But the point is, is I want to get much more out of my life. And I love it. it says like death not doesn't only take things away. It can give you meaning and remind you that. And, and I hope that like, you know, whatever your process is, it, it's a very, the mind. So if we were to get nerdy for a second, the number one directive for your subconscious mind is to keep you alive. So when we talk about this, our nervous system naturally is going to be like, so you listening, whether you're experiencing or not, you're like thinking about it and your nervous system is like, oh my gosh, am I going to die? Like there's all these thoughts going through your head. And that's why they call it mindfulness, right? Because we don't want to shut off the executive part of our brain, like the part that actually can think and choose, you know, instead of just being reactive and in survival mode, maybe we can take a deep breath and get into creation mode, you know, and say, I will choose this day that I will no longer get because once it's gone, it's gone. I will honor the relationships in my life that are here and now. The people around me that maybe I just looked at and they were just a being, but I will honor them and light them up even more than I ever have in my life. I will not look at the petty things that I used to worry about and or I will do the, the trauma work in my heart and, and allow myself to be more free. Whatever that is, 
I will make magic moments in my life. I'm going to schedule something this summer, this fall, whatever with people that I love, whatever that is, let us go from just survival naturally to being mindful and do the practices. And I call it walking myself home that walk me to the safe place within myself. And that includes other people helping me walk roomy. I love that we're all just walking each other home. I don't think it's home far away. Maybe heaven is home as well, but there's a home in each, inside each of us where God lives, where love lives, whatever you believe that is safe, that, that, that has a spark of hope and light and truth. And so as we walk each other home and as I walk myself home, and I recognize here and now I'm here and I am safe and I have a choice to make in my life and I will choose to allow myself to be and to feel and I will also choose and it's not mutually exclusive. I will also choose to create and to give meaning. And I, when we do that, I think we allow ourselves the luxury of feeling and healing and being human and also the luxury of recognizing that this will pass, but who I become from it will stick with me forever. Hmm. And, and so it's, it's a consciousness, it's a mindfulness. And so whatever works for you, whether it's breath work, whether it's meditation and prayer, whether it's yoga, whether it's, you know, surrounding yourself with a support system or, you know, as uh, Dr. Stephen Poor just says, naming it and stating your emotions and being curious about your emotions and asking yourself, what do I really need? Whatever that is, honor it and please give it to yourself and, and, and go forward. And also, this is a pivotal moment in life. I think for all of us, whether you're dealing with grief or not, what does life mean to you? And choosing and creating life. And so um, I know for me, that has given me more meaning in my life. And like you said, I, I do believe in an afterlife. I do believe I have very amazing angels by my side. And I've had some really cool spiritual experiences. But regardless of whatever you feel, you're listening to this now and you're alive and your heart's beating for a reason. And it's beating because your life has meaning and a purpose and it's important that you're here. And whatever you go through, please grow through and allow yourself to, 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 to be a human and, you know, and, and be authentic with where you are you know, and, and love yourself where you are. Don't let your emotions dictate and captivate you and also don't ignore them. When you place love on them with an intention to heal and move forward and, and to, to, to do what you can and get the support that you need, um, you will, it will pass. Having been through it many times, it's not saying you won't miss people. You know, um, but what, what, what are my options? You know, and I, I want to choose the higher part. Wow, Henry, thank you so much. I'm just looking at the time and obviously we can just go on <laughs> many hours and I, I want to be respectful and this is, is such a deep and intense conversation. I also want to give the audience some time to ground and to just come back into their body. So let's together, let's take a big deep breath in. Nice long exhale. Good. And just relax your shoulders, relax your throat, and let's reground one more time. Deep breath in. Nice long exhale. I can't tell you how grateful I am. I'm going to not get emotional again. I can, but I'm just going to try and 
wrap this up. If not, I'm going to keep it on for longer. Um, I am just so grateful for you. You know how much you mean to me. You are just such a loving, heart-centered, authentic, loving soul, brother, friend. And I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for you. And even though we didn't talk during that time, I definitely felt your presence. And I think it's important when we're thinking about the people in our lives that can show up for us fully. It's important to find those people and to nurture those relationships and to show up for them when they need you as well. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just grateful. Thank you so much for doing this, for having this conversation, for sharing very vulnerable, open experiences in your life and for sharing tools that we can use. Uh, the two books that Henry mentioned, The Body Keeps Score and Untethered Soul are, we'll put the links in the show notes if you want to pick those books up. They're incredible. And like I said, the the body keeps score. It's one of my favorites. We've talked about it on this podcast mm -hmm. all the time. So we'll put that in the show notes as well as some uh, links, phone numbers, if you're looking for professional help, guidance. Actually, BetterHelp is one of the sponsors of the podcast. So you can always head over to betterhelp.com uh, forward slash loved and you can... Uh, check out the uh counselors there awesome. they have some really great resources so please do that we'll also put that in the show notes um henry is there anything else that you want to share i love you thank you everybody listening thank you for just being here and for listening and it just it's such an act of self-love just to listen to this rosie i could say ditto to everything you said except replace brother with sister <laughs> And you guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm honored to be on this podcast as always. And um, if there's anything I can do to support you, Rosie, or anybody, you know, reach out. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, we'll see you on the other <laughs> side, everybody. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Mwah. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.